Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. I say this calls for action, and now, nip it in the bud. Well, what I do is uh, I look a woman up and down, and I say, Hey, how you doing? And I hope you're doing well, everybody. This is Jim McCarrens on the number one podcast network for professionals. It is the Believe Podcast Network. Let's believe in the good, the bad, and the TV. The year, believe it or not, is 1941. Now stay with me. From FDR's historic third inauguration in January through to the December bombing of Pearl Harbor, with the signing of the Lend-Lease Act, the creation of the USO, and the start of construction on the Pentagon in between, it's a year in which little is heard in the country but the drumbeat of war. Into this maelstrom, though, come some distractions. The opening of the National Gallery of Art in Washington, D.C. The releases of film classics from Dumbo and the Maltese Falcon to Suspicion and Citizen Kane. The introduction of, wait for it, Cheerios, breakfast cereal, actually unveiled by General Mills as Cheery Oats, as in the grain, or as in what my late grandmother calls it, when I'm a kid, and I think she's mispronouncing. Never presume. 1941 also marks the birth of a curious collective of well-known names-to-be. Among them, Joan Baez, Faye Dudaway, Nick Nolte, Mike Love, Ryan O'Neill, Anne-Margaret, and on the same January 24th Friday, Neil Diamond and Aaron Neville. In the middle of all of this, directly in the middle, in fact, on July 1st, 1941, there's another birth, a big one, an historic one. July 1st, 1941, is the day that TV is born. Commercial TV, anyway. Because July 1st, 1941, is the day of the very first television commercial. And the advertising business, media in general, you and me, are never the same. The commercial is for Bulova, the watch company founded in New York in 1875 by immigrant Joseph Bulova, the watch company long admired for its marketing excellence, dating back to the 1920s when it used true blue American hero Charles Lindbergh front and center in its print advertisements. That in 1926, Bulova creates America's first radio commercial. At the tone, it's 8 p.m. B-U-L-O-V-A, Bulova, watch time, is the bitch. Suggests that its claim staking on the frontier of television is inevitable. The commercial airs at 2.29 p.m. on NBC station WNBT, right before the start of a Dodgers-Phillies game at Brooklyn's Ebbets Field. It lasts just 10 seconds and can be seen only in New York, which boasts just 4,000 TV sets. It features a still frame shot of a bull of a watch superimposed over a map of the United States. For five seconds, nothing happens, presumably to give viewers a chance to take in the image, or the concept of a commercial for that matter. But at the six-second mark, a male voice intones, America runs on Bulova time. That's it. Fade to black. Play ball. And now a new American business runs on advertising. The invention that up till now and for the better part of 40 years is the object of imagination and experimentation and litigation before its public presentation at the 1939 New York World's Fair becomes an official revenue-producing medium that enables the growth of television networks 
and the nightly lineups of programming they'll offer. And while there's not much by way of a lineup on WNBT this day, or any day soon, soon after July 1st, in fact, the country's war involvement puts commercial TV on hold until 1946 or so. Despite that, two quiz shows do follow the game on this day. Each is a video adaptation of an existing radio show, which is pretty much how all of TV gets its start over the coming decade. The first is called Uncle Jim's Question B, no relation. The other is a more familiar title, Truth or Consequences. WNBT is officially in business. Parenthetically, so too is CBS, as its WCBW begins commercial broadcasting on this day too. WCBW eventually becomes the network's flagship station, WCBS. Prior to May of 1941, advertising on the fledgling innovation called television is illegal, even if there are a few stabs at them here and there. But then the Federal Communications Commission issues commercial licenses to 10 stations in the United States, accent on commercial, and advertising begins to take on its role as the grease that runs the TV engine keeping the business in business, and the shows on the air. You want people to buy your Cheerios, General? Here's what it'll cost you to advertise your cereal on our network during this program, which attacks, attracts this many viewers. Viewers who will see your commercial, too. For much of TV's early days, in fact, advertisers themselves outright pay for the shows they advertise on as their sponsors. Among the many cases in point, the Colgate Comedy Hour, the Goodyear Review, the Philco Television Playhouse, Texaco Star Theater, Pabst Blue Ribbon Bouts, Magnavat Theater, Gillette Cavalcade of Sports. Eventually, though, this ends up too costly an enterprise for advertisers. By the way, there are a ton of worthwhile books and scholarly articles online and in the library about the early days of TV advertising. It's well worth checking out. But whether it's about sponsoring programs or supplying commercials within them, TV advertising means money trucks backing up to the major TV networks for decades to come, as more and more product-buying viewers watch more and more programming. Until well into the 1980s, that's what the overwhelming majority of people watch, the major broadcast networks. ABC, CBS, NBC. So TV ad money is mostly funneled there. But then things changed slowly at first, thanks to the proliferation of cable TV in the 1980s as a viewing alternative, which results in advertising dollars being spent to air commercials elsewhere, and then rapidly and significantly, beginning at the turn of the century, when delayed viewing, and ultimately streaming, means the elimination of commercials altogether, which results in advertisers exploring new ways, new means, to get consumer attention. Today's TV landscape, in fact, is seeing seismic change, every bit as significant as the changes that begin on July 1st, 1941. By the way, the 10-second commercial for Bulova, it cost the watch company under 10 bucks to air. By comparison, in 2019, a 30-second commercial during Sunday Night Football on NBC cost an average $673,664. All part of a $20 billion business. Oh, also, by the way, the Phillies won 6-4. to four. You gotta believe. Hey, send us some questions and feedback and suggestions on Twitter at Believe Podcast or at Believe.com. That's also where you can get some info on advertising on any Believe show, including this one. 
Find and download The Good, The Bad, and The TV on Apple, where you can subscribe and rate us, or Spotify, where you can follow us, or just plain listen for a new drop each Thursday on these sites, or Stitcher, Luminary, TuneIn, Google Play. Be sure to like the show on social media, too. I'm Jim McCarrens. We'll talk again. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.